Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. How much do you pay in voluntary contributions in your child's school? An exclusive News Talk poll carried out by Amorok shows that 42% of parents are spending somewhere between 50 and 100 euro per year on voluntary contribution. Now, if you ever want to have your opinion heard and take part in a News Talk Amorok survey and poll, you can go to amorokpanel.com forward slash nt for more information. But that's what we found on voluntary contributions. So we're asking, how much do you pay? How do you feel under pressure to pay it? And do you know where the money goes? Would that make it a little bit easier if you had a breakdown of of where it went? Or are you happy enough to pay it? Do get in contact with us. Joining me on the line now is Jen Hogan, columnist with the Irish Times. Jen, how are you? Good, Claire. How do you feel about voluntary contributions? I mean, I suppose from a personal level, I think really there needs to be more emphasis on the word voluntary. I think a lot of parents don't feel it's voluntary. Um, Obviously, I have children myself going to schools and and voluntary contributions have been part of our lives for a long time. But when I speak to other parents, I'm very aware, I suppose, that it's voluntary because I I talk and write about this a lot. So I'm very focused on that voluntary aspect. But I don't think in the wider sense that parents really feel that it's voluntary. And I spoke to them this morning about it. I asked parents about the pressures that they were feeling to pay the voluntary contribution. Did they feel pressure? Did they feel the school was understanding if they couldn't afford it? And what sort of money that they were being asked for? And and the amounts really varied. I mean, they have gone down in some parts of the country, some parents reporting that it was kind of 50, 70 to 100. But there was a significant amount of parents reporting that it was well over 100, 250, 300, maybe 500 per family and that they really felt a pressure to pay it. So the kind of voluntary aspect was lost. They said voluntary in name, not voluntary in nature. There's repeated letters going out. There's, you know, the school apps that a lot, or the apps that a lot of schools still use, perhaps for homework, they kind of came into practice during COVID and different notes maybe and different messages go back through through different apps like Aladdin and stuff. And that this kind of reminder to pay the voluntary contribution hangs around there. And there were a lot of parents that said there had also been a move away from the description of the voluntary contribution and their admin fees had jumped. Their admin fees had gone up to include lots of things like photocopying arts and crafts materials and others, miscellaneous. And they felt that that had taken it away. You had the usual reports of students not being able to get their access to their lockers or journals or things like that if they didn't pay the voluntary contribution. And there was absolute pressure. But I think the the really notable thing for me this morning was the number of parents who got in touch who were actually actually quite upset about it. So they're really struggling back to school has put huge pressure on them. And they feel they have to pay this voluntary contribution, but they don't know where the money's going to come from. And that's really awful to think that there's that additional pressure and that voluntary has really been lost on parents. That voluntary, the word voluntary doesn't mean voluntary as far as they're concerned. Yeah, because back to school is costly. You know, quite often mm. at this time of year, kids need new schools or new shoes, new uniforms, yeah. school bags, stationery. Um, And it is amazing that the grant has come in across the board for school books. But up until now, that could have been a very big cost for parents of kids um, in primary school. So to have that that add on. And I always think I know nobody wants to hear it, but September is only a very short amount of time away from from Christmas. Mm -hmm. Summer can be really expensive. And and some people might argue that the children's allowances is paid out to help cover these kind of expenses. But that's getting swallowed up lately in the cost of living. 
Oh, very much so. And I mean, again, the, it was very, it was very welcome. The free school books. It may, it has made a difference, and, and most parents can feel that difference if they have children in primary school. But they are reporting back that they're seeing increased admin costs. So it's not quite a significant uh, saving as they thought they would feel. And then when you go near secondary school students, besides the fact that. In a lot of cases, anecdotally, you hear of higher um, voluntary contribution asked, uh, asks for a lot of secondary schools. Certainly this morning, when I questioned parents, a lot of the time their bigger asks were from secondary schools. But we still have books there. We have the uniforms. If you've got an iPad school, if your child's attending an iPad school, you've got to buy the iPad and the books. So never mind the fact that the world is burning. We have that huge pressure to, and huge financial pressure, buying the iPads, buying the books, the additional cost. Those books maybe can't be passed on because the code has been use it's a one-time only use code so if you have siblings coming up with more waste and they have all these expenses Christmas around the corner summer is really expensive for parents because the reality is a lot of parents uh, are, are working and so they have to find ways to try to occupy children over the summer and childcare and, and summer camps they're lovely in theory for having fun and meeting up with your friends and doing the things that float your boat, but they're also in practice used as childcare too. So they're this additional cost that parents are trying to foot over the summer. You've had all that expense, you've had all the additional costs of trying to, you know, have nice days, make special memories. Then you've back to school, then you've, because it's a non-stop financial pressure and, and hardship and so and it's felt disproportionately across parents in different areas and different situations um, and with different asks. The idea that any parent is struggling like that or is upset or is worried or really feels that they don't know where this money is going to come from or that they have to pay it is really it's actually really upsetting because voluntary should mean voluntary and that's yeah. just been completely lost. Thanks, Jen. Will you stay on the line there, Jen Hogan, columnist with the Irish Times, and let us know your thoughts on what she had to say. How voluntary is your school's voluntary contribution? I suppose in my own personal life, I've been quite lucky. Um, my kids have gone to educate together from the the word go um, over the last 12 years, and that has always been no uniform, supplied books and the majority of their stationery. You never had to buy a copy book or anything like that. The school were also amazing on communication. Things were voluntary and anything from even a school trip or a match where a bus was necessary, they'd say, you know, it's two euro per parent or per child if you can afford it. And it it always just felt like there was that sort of understanding there that it's not there for everybody. And some people are stressed and that, you know, that, that that was absolutely fine with them. Is that your experience? Let's go to the phones where David is on the line. David, do you think there's enough communication from the schools as to where the contribution goes? No, I think that's the key to the whole thing. If they were able to publish almost like a budget and say, of your 100 euros, we spent 25 euros on photocopying, we spent 25 euros on maintenance, even if it came down to the point where we have, well, we actually, you know what, we bought tea and coffee for the teachers for the, for the break room during the year. And you had a detailed analysis of the whole thing because a school is part of a community and the community may be able to help in ways other than just handing in checks for money. You know, if for argument's sake that there was they were spending money on the, the photocopy and there might be someone locally who say, well, you know what, I have a copy of here that's doing nothing, you can have it. Or I have paper or we could volunteer or donate or do something along those lines. If the school published their wish list... Uh, I think it'd be far easier. But, you, you know, you're right. It's not voluntary. It's voluntary with a gun to your head. Uh, please give me the money or I'll beat your head here with this. And that can put, and particularly families with three, four children, 
in, say, secondary school or something, you might have a first year, second year, third year, and even if they hit transition year then or something, it just goes rocketing up. But it, it, transparency is the key to it. It's yeah, I love what done. you're saying about the community mm-hmm. side of things. And, you know, quite mm-hmm. often the school ask for volunteers on the parents' council or on sports day or, you know, to get involved in any kind of fundraising mm-hmm. for the school. And I, I know sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they're really left wanting. And that's because people have things going on in their lives. Parents are working. There just isn't the time. And I, I do understand that. But I think it could get really messy if we were relying on the volunteer tree services of people and parents within the community. I, I think we'd fall short there. But I, I hear what you're saying about the transparency. But if you were to get a list of things, do you not think some of us might be like tea and coffee? Well, that's ridiculous. And and, and that the more transparency would lead to the more disgruntlement among the people about what they were paying for. Generally, people are fair minded. Generally, people are fair minded. The um the issues regard that. Now, I don't know whether the, the voluntary contribution has been used to pay for tea and coffee for the teachers, but but the issue should be there that there be some way or mechanism of being able to say, well, this is what we're spending the money on. You know? Yeah. The, 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 the main, I mean, for example, if, if the school has been maintained, there's a, main, a chunk of that money being spent on maintenance. Like, should it be coming from somewhere else? Is, is there a way of being able to pressurise local politicians and say, well, you know, our capitation fee is X, it should really be Y, that we could reduce the voluntary contribution if we would be able to get this in a, an organised in a row. Yeah, you know, fair enough, David. And look, thank you very much for that. I'd like to hear what people have to say. And like I said, I have never really had an issue with a voluntary contribution or supporting my school because of the way they've communicated it and all the other costs we saved at our particular school. But when I read the headline in the paper of parents pay 28 million in voluntary contributions to plug gaps in school finances, it's that plug gaps thing that kind of made me balk a little bit. Why are those those gaps there? And surely there are certain things that should be funded by the state. Jen Hogan, can I bring you back in? Do we have any idea as to where these voluntary contributions go? I mean, I suppose different different schools are going to use them for different reasons. It might be for, towards building projects, but a lot of it's towards the general up, upkeep of the school and the general running of the school. And most schools will report to you that they don't have enough funding. They can't cover the costs of it. And that brings you back to that other issue where, you know, school is, and education is supposed to be the great leveller. And when we go into certain um, back or in certain areas, you know, demographics is going to pe- play a, a role here and socioeconomic status is going to come into effect. And it's, you have people perhaps in more privileged areas able to afford to pay more, support schools better. And in other areas, parents might not have the same disposable income or the same level of support that they can offer to their schools. And it's not right. It's not right that schools aren't being adequately funded. And it ends up causing that frustration between parents and schools yeah, when, yeah. when really it's something that needs to be um, looked after by the department, you know, so that schools are adequately funded so that schools don't need to come back to parents and ask them to plug that gap. I think so too. Um, but, I, I, you know, I do think it's fair to point out that we do have schools in what are considered to be DESH areas um, and there are a lot of different services there like free warm breakfasts, free lunches and they are given extra funding in that area. So I think it's only fair to point that out on behalf of the department. Let's go to Tracy. Tracy, does your school have voluntary contributions? Um, they don't have a voluntary contribution but they do have a, say, a 20-year charge for 
art supplies, photocopying and pens and all of that for the children. That okay. is all we're asked to pay for, but we're not asked to pay anything else. Like they fundraise then throughout the year for everything else, the the iPads and anything else they need for the school and maintenance. Now last year they had an issue with the main supply and they got a grant for that to help fix that. So there is other means of getting money for the schools to do things as well. And then I suppose that kind of serves the inequity that we spoke about so that those who can afford to contribute do and those who can't don't necessarily have to. But do you think all parents and guardians still feel the pressure? It says voluntary, but you do feel like it's it's not necessarily voluntary. Pressure at my school, like they, there's a very good open communication. If you can't afford something, you can say to them, "Look, sorry, I can't really afford it." Yeah, and they're very good and open, and you can pay off in small amounts. Say if I said to them, "I can't afford that twenty euros this week," can I pay another week? They, there is no pressure. Yeah, like and I, that's my experience as well. And it does really make all the difference, that sort of, of, of communication. And I think that's really important, particularly in today's day and age, because everybody, I mean, yeah. whether you have kids or not, or back to school or not, everybody's under financial pressure. So there needs to be an acceptance of that. Yeah, definitely. And they also have like after school clubs and there's an extra charge for those if the kids want to do them. And they put money aside for families who can't afford to do where they'll pay for one club and you can pay for the other if the child wants to do more than one. Oh, I love that. That's gorgeous. Sounds like yeah. a great school. Tracy, thanks a million for coming on. Mick from Kerry has texted in. He says school contributions should be called involuntary voluntary contributions. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue though, Mick, does it? Sandra says this constant whinging about making a contribution to a child's education is so depressing. These contributions are vital for schools to offer extra items, etc. Parents have no problem buying soccer shirts, expensive shoes, etc. That is from Sandra. And yeah, I mean, I suppose you're right, you know, when it comes to the GAA, even though so much of that is is on a voluntary basis, when it comes to the coaches and, and that, you know, you do accept that you are going to have to fork out for a uniform, a gum shield, a hurl, whatever it is. You know, is this not the same? If you're going to be going to a school, there's going to be certain things you're going to need to buy to take part in all of that. Let's go to Ross. Ross, what do you make about this? Ah, uh, yeah, I've been listening. I agree with some of the contributors, don't agree with others, but of course, that's the nature of things. My thing when I was asked was that um, I live in the South Dublin area. There is one Dutch school locally, there's four other schools. Um, but the, we've just been granted everyone uh, with the free book scheme. We're not buying books this year. So, you know, that money could have been distributed better. We'd no problem buying the books. Um, I'm sure that some kids in the school can't afford basic things of that but there's a provision in the schools that they're not forced and yes the voluntary contribution it's voluntary uh, it's not that much from our perspective I, I do realise this from others but the um, the school book grant I mean the school bookshop has just closed two of them I think have just closed quite close to us so there's a knock on from that there's there are redundancies and lots of summer jobs and that for people up there so you know I mean yeah um, one of your um Contributors did mention iPads. I mean, the most expensive and useless piece of IT equipment. Um, it would be better if they moved off iPads onto Android. Huge cost savings because Apples are very expensive. Yeah, now they might have just said iPads. I think it's just you need to buy no, a tablet. Right. Do they actually no, say iPads? Yeah. Well, I know in the school, in the secondary school close to me, it must be iPads. And I know in the primary schools I deal with, they're all iPads. 
which is the um, most expensive method of getting uh, stuff in. I mean, tablet, a tablet's a tablet, but an iPad is expensive. Wow. That's quite outrageous yeah. now. I didn't really know about that. And I oh, suppose they want, yeah. now when I say a level playing field, I just mean so that when they say, you know, okay. click on this icon, open this up, that they know everybody has a, a, a standard that is on the same standard rather than going over to the Android and helping them and then going back and wasting all that time. But wow, surely then everyone could be on the level playing field with, with Android in, in that case. So yeah, there I are like still that. costs. Yes, I lectured in computing in the university for 10 years. So, uh, yes, I think this is a huge cost, huge cost to the government. But it's a bit, it's another program in itself about uh, the environment of Apple into uh, technology, whereas there is better and cheaper systems, but we're stuck with Apple um, because it's become itself it's the fact of standard. But going back to my original point, I think this policy failure uh, by government on just handing out funds for school books rather than making it some other type of scheme where the money could be targeted. All right, Ross, thank you very much for coming on. And I, I mean, I see Ross's point, but as I said, because this book scheme, book rental scheme has been in with Educate Together, and that's been my sole experience of the education system with my kids, I just didn't really understand why people were forking out for new books. And even from my school days, for a book to become obsolete from one year to the next so it can't even be passed on because there's been some change in the reprint. That seemed to be quite wasteful to me. So I really welcome the the free book scheme. But whether we could have put funding elsewhere also to plug the gap so that it's not being left to parents, I suppose that's what we're talking about here today. Jennifer in Roscommon says, why aren't the Department of Education getting a proper system of payment on school expenses up and running. Like lots of third level colleges, there should be an instalment plan in place for all expenses where you can pay it back over the course of the year. It could be set up like credit card payments. It's really very simple and would make the hardship so much less. Also, no abiding by the word voluntary needs to be called out. It's either voluntary or it's not. Andy says, as a former board of management member, voluntary contributions are exactly that. No parents are obliged or should be put under pressure to pay this. Schools need to break down the individual costs like journal, lockers, insurance, etc. But it's the fear of missing out. Parents feel that if they don't pay this, then their child may be excluded from this event. This should only ever be an admin issue. Teachers in classrooms should not remind students that they need to pay. And I suppose it's the pressure we put on ourselves. I mean, Jen Hogan spoke about some of the apps that are used to contact parents. And I know it myself. You might go in to explain why one of your kids is off and then you can just see that outstanding payment sitting there. And I suppose that's technology. On the one hand, it makes it easier to pay things and they're not. But it means it goes out blanket. They're not necessarily able to take it away. But I think there are schools like my own. You know, we heard from a caller earlier who said Tracy, who said her her school are really open to anybody saying, listen, I don't have that right now. And And I think we just need to be open and honest and know that there is a line of communication there with our schools. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.